everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Views from the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDaniel. It's awesome to see you guys joining us on this podcast. Thank you guys for taking some time out of your day to join us as we roll on with football previews. And today, we're in the NFL talking about the AFC West. And of course, that's where our reigning Super Bowl champion is coming from, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I got to have Rebecca on to talk about her Chiefs. You know, you guys are going to hear her a little bit later on in the week talking about Mizzou with the SEC pod. Um, So this will, I assume, be a little bit uh, happier times with your reigning champion, uh, Chiefs. A little bit, a little bit. Well, we've just, we've just been riding on a high. I mean, three Super Bowl appearances in a row, two wins out of those. Uh, we just hosted yeah. the NFL draft. Um, we're just, uh, you know, we've got the, the World Cup yeah. coming, and Arrowhead's going to be used for that. I mean, that's still three years away, but whatever. Um, we're still just riding on a high. Um, you know, we've got the first women's, like, like MLS women's MLS team stadium being built. I don't know exactly what the league is, but the first soccer stadium for a women's team being built that you know our quarterback owns with his wife. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, we're just uh, we're just going, we're just going, and we're we're just gonna hope we keep going because to be perfectly honest, we're going down soon. To be perfectly frank i do not see this lasting too much longer but we can okay. that later even if it doesn't Whatever. last too much longer there'll still be some bright spots that you can hold on to a little bit longer until that moment happens yeah. you know might be another super bowl yes. i mean you never know potentially i mean that's what i got in the overlay here with um, uh <laughs> yeah can they repeat um so I guess I can just start off with answering that. I definitely, I definitely think we're going to win the division. Um, it's a very tough division overall. Um, I, I think I've heard on your other football previews, especially with like Matt and Peter, like, I mean, just the AFC itself is just, yeah. it's rough. The a- NFC, it's like, we're just barely scraping by. Um, but the AFC is loaded. Um, but I definitely see another AFC West division title. Um, I haven't even like thought about my overall like like you know AFC champion versus like who's gonna yeah. win the Super Same. Bowl or anything like that. Could I see us getting a decent way through the playoffs? Yes. Could I also then see us not making it to the Super Bowl? Yes. Could I also see, could I see us getting there? Yeah. But to be perfectly honest, where, and this is, I think, where Matt does not agree with me. Um, I think we've been riding this Mm -hmm. high for so long that other teams are starting Mm -hmm. to figure it out. Now, whether or not whatever we've been working on in training camp, because we always have something new every year, and that's why we've been able to ride on this high. And so basically, I think other teams are starting to get smarter, Mm -hmm. and it's challenging us a little bit more. 
I'm also don't want us to then to sit in this high. I'm afraid we're going to start getting a little bit too comfortable. Yeah. Not fully. I think we're still going to have a couple tricks up our sleeves, but I think we're going to start relaxing ever so slightly. And those, there's going to be those teams that see that little bit mm-hmm. relaxation and a little bit of a step back, and they're just going to go full force. And those are going to be those games that we normally win, and it's going to get close, and then we might fall. We might fall off a little yeah. bit. Now, do I see that happening for many games? No. I think if it happens once, even twice, we're going to shape up. So, um, did you have something? You no, I mean, add? you don't want to get too. I wasn't sure if you no, were trying no, 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 to talk no. over me. Sorry. I um, was like, okay, I should probably let Yeah, him like, <laughs> you bring up a good point. You don't want to get too comfortable um, in the NFL because a team can just sneak up on it like that. But, I mean, you have had battles with the Bills, Bengals, teams that have really fought to the nail with you guys in regular season contests, playoff games. So you're going to have to watch out for them, and they're you know they're gunning for you. It's just a matter of not being too comfortable and, like, saying, hey, we are still the Chiefs. We are still the team that's had all the success these last several seasons, we still have the best quarterback of this generation and and one of the best tight ends that's ever played the game on offense. So, yeah, you don't want to get too comfortable. That It's not good in any sport. Um, A big point that Matt did bring up to me since you brought up Travis Kelsey is, and I've I've made sure he hasn't forgotten this. So beginning of last season, he was like, okay, no, like he was like looking at all these tight end records or like stats or whatever. He goes, no tight end has like still been as good, like has stayed in their peak or kept going up past 33. And Travis Kelsey was 33 last season. So he's like, he's going to start his decline. We saw how that went. That didn't happen. Matt's like, it's going to happen sooner or later. Does he have one more good year left in him? Does the decline start this season? And if Travis Kelsey starts declining, what happens to everybody else? Because right now, especially like that offense, it, we've right. lost Tyreek. And we're still trying to figure out what's going on them running back side. Or be per- I mean, we've got Marquez Valdez-Scanley for receiver. If I, I mean, if you've got like two offensive weapons, we used to have like four or five that we were consistently yeah. relying on. Running backs, receivers, Travis. If we fall down to like, just if Travis Kelsey starts declining, we basically only have Valdez-Scanley. What's yeah. going to happen? We really don't know. Yeah. We really don't know. And Patrick Mahomes can only do so many Patrick Mahomes things. He needs help. Like, I mean, he can run, obviously. But he's going to want to throw. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to do his fancy throws. Got to have people that Yeah, it's a, it's a really big year. And I I think it might start. I don't think it's going to be like a crash and burn season for for Travis. 
by the end of the season, are we going to probably start seeing some slightly lower numbers? Probably. I think we're going to start seeing it. I think we're going to get three quarters of the way through yeah. the season and we're going to start seeing, okay, Travis is starting to go down. And that's when they're really going to start needing to bring in that second stringer. I don't remember his name. He ran a few. I, we went to training camp last weekend. We only managed to stay for about 10 minutes because then the rain poured down. Um, Matt saw two Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what were they? Sorry, he, he said it. Um, incomplete passes. I was like, why can I not think of the phrase? He saw two Mahomes incomplete passes, and he was like, oh, my gosh. Um, we saw a couple of impressive like mid-range throws to Scantley. Um, and then we saw a couple, uh, like we saw some pump work and then it, the storm came in super fast. That's all we were able to see. So unfortunately I've got nothing really to share from training camp. Like I thought I would, but, um, two fights broke out within two days of camp and I'm like, y'all need to settle down. I know it's hot. I know it's been miserable here with all the rain. Mm. It turned muggy and it, I mean, it's Missouri. It's miserable. But um, like y'all need to calm down, and especially if like whatever these con, if like there's more to it than just it's hot and we're acting like children. Yeah, if that continues, obviously we're in so much trouble because we're obviously not going to work together. But um, yeah, I definitely will be interested to see how Kelsey performs this season. But that that's my pit. That's my bet is we get three quarters of the way through. He's going to start slowly tapering off mm. in the next season. I think he's going to be starting to split time a little bit. I mean, even if he's still doing fairly well, he's going to end up needing right. to pass the torch yeah. along. So he's probably going to, they're going to want to share that load. It'd be my guess that I, to me, that's the smart thing. It may not be to, I might be the dumbest person now and everyone's like, Oh no, that's not <laughs> how it's done. Like, okay. Yeah, fine. <laughs> me but in my ideal world you're gonna want to start sharing that load kind of like didn't yeah like I mean like when Mahomes is working year he was not the main starter but he did get some reps right. in yeah. you want that before you're the main starter and look at him now so I'm not Totally out of line. Yeah, I, yeah. The turning thirty four thing, which she's going to do in October, um, that 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 kind of do, would line up with like about, you know, you start to see him do good, and then around, I don't know, with a third left of the season, you kind of start to see a little bit of it that that could line up. I, I don't know how math works. I don't know how far October is into the season. It could be halfway through. The, it's probably yeah like late october i feel like it's halfway through at this point but i don't know in, in terms of regular season looking at his stats i mean he had a career high in receptions and yards and touchdowns and i mean that was the year in trying to figure out what to do with Tyreek gone. And so, obviously, Kelsey, yeah, you're number one now. So, 
gonna lead in those stats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could definitely see that decline coming soon, but I think if he if the decline happens a little bit later, it, then I then I think that there's there's still potential that y'all will make the Super Bowl, find a way to make a good run. I think after I think when he starts to decline. That maybe when, you know, you get a little bit too comfortable and there's, you know, that what you were talking about, like the, the things that you've been used to, they're not going to come by easily anymore. It's going to be harder to work for, harder to come by. And that could come with potentially his decline. And I mean, yeah, the this group of receivers, like you said, Mahomes can only do so much. Um, MVS. He's a he's a guy that can go and stretch the field, great. But I don't remember him doing a whole lot last year. Sky Moore drafted him pretty early on. I mean, I think you hope that he can get on the field and contribute more in year number two. They signed Richie James from the Giants, who mm-hmm. did actually pretty well in that Giants receiving core that was just like awful. Um. And then I think the real big thing is, besides Rasheem Rice, who they drafted, is Kadarius Toney. Because he offers that. Yeah, so a couple of those names I I just forgot about. Can't believe I forgot about Sky Moore. Yeah, it's really kind of like, you you didn't see him on the field as much. I mean, you hope that he would, hope that it's just like grasping the offense and how long does it take? Sometimes it can be more easier for some people. Sometimes it can be more difficult for others. You know, uh, but I think Kadarius Tony, I think, could be a real key in unlocking another weapon for this offense. And he's going to get a full season now with this team, full training camp. You just got to hope that he can stay healthy a little bit and not be on the sidelines. And if he can, he has the explosiveness to make some really amazing plays in the Chiefs offense, which we know has had some explosive playmakers like Tyreek. Maybe he can be the next one in line. It's just going to be all about trying to figure his stuff out. If he can get healthy, he can get right and build a rapport with Mahomes because that's, an important thing with quarterbacks now, if you can build, or for quarterbacks in general, if you can build a rapport with a receiver like Mahomes has with Kelsey or over time, then it's really going to help you because that means you added somebody else to look for in the offense where you're not just strictly looking at Travis Kelsey. It's like, okay. And having having those built up means should Kelsey start declining, then we're okay. Because we had Kelsey, we were just fine mm-hmm. when Tyreek yeah. left. We need to get back to that point. So should Kelsey go down, we have a number two. Yeah. Very easy. Like, or, you know, neck and neck number one kind of kind of relationship again. Like how Travis and Tyree yeah. were. Um and, and the offensive line, um, I mean 
it's going to be the it's I think it's going to be a really big strength. I think it's probably the strength of the offense, even though you are replacing both your tackles, which is not ideal. But I think you look at the tackles they signed: Jawan Taylor, who's probably going to be playing right tackle, and Donovan Smith, who comes over from Tampa Bay, kind of fell off a little bit, but is going to be a left tackle. I think that I think they'll be fine. The real strength is probably the interior um, with Joe Tooney, uh, Creed Humphrey, who's come in and really done an excellent job two years in at center. And then uh, then one of my Tennessee players, Trey Smith at uh, guard. Um, first off, thank you guys so much for taking care of him uh, <laughs> and letting him know what winning feels like because he sure didn't know what it was like. Yes. In uh, his four years. Um, we take well, I mean, care of our boys. You, you got to, and I'm glad that he's been taken care of. He he had the whole blood clot situation, which is why he was taken as late as he was. And I'm glad that sort of worked mm-hmm. down. And he's now playing. He's on a championship contender and is uh, doing well. So I'm glad for uh, the fellow Tennessee player and uh, glad to see somebody also who I don't know if I've mentioned this, but he is from Jackson, Tennessee, played high school ball there. And I'm only about an hour away from Jackson. And I got an aunt and uncle that live there. So I got oh, yeah. some connections there. Close to a yeah, hometown pretty boy. Pretty much, I mean, it's far from it, but um, he's been really good. And he and Tooney and Humphrey, that's a really strong three. Like, I think all of them are around like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, or uh, way over 300 pounds. So that's a really big interior for Mahomes to not get any pressure from the inside and try to get after him. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you mentioned the running back problem, or I don't know if the problem, but you got to figure out if it, if it's Clyde or if it's Pacheco. And you know, we talked a little bit about the running back market yeah. and like how it, how it's become. And Pacheco, late round pick, comes in and runs for over eight hundred yards. And. I I think they're they just really wanted Edwards Alaire to be the guy and it's just it's not going the way they want. It's just like if Pacheco's working, yeah. just go with Pacheco. But I think they're really I think they're really gonna try. And I do think Clyde's still gonna yeah. get his reps. I just don't think the num the numbers are not gonna be the same. And it, and it's just the way it is. I mean just just the way it is. Some people, you know, they do so well in college, they get up to yeah. the NFL and they choke. I don't think he's necessarily choked. I just don't think the numbers are where anybody wants right. him to be. Yeah, you know, I mean, first round pick and then you got Pacheco's a seventh round pick, you know, it, it, there's the whole running back situation, even though it's not, it, even though it's different, it's a draft, but it's still kind of creeped up on you. In a in draft form, but I mean, Pacheco did really good last year. Super Bowl, he did pretty well. 
So maybe, yeah, like Clyde, like you said, is going to get his reps and trying to see. It, it, it's kind of like, a you know, putting a square peg in a, in a round hole type of thing um, where you just want something to work and it's probably not going to end up working. And you can only right. force it for so long. Um, so it's it kind of is one of those situations where it's kind of like that. But Pacheco did really good last year. Uh, he's probably going to see a, a good share of snaps too. He's probably going to see a little bit more if Clyde ends up not doing well and uh, being the number one guy there. Uh, as far as uh, defensive wise, I think a big part of the reason why the jump was made in getting to the Super Bowl and winning it, that defense really took it. A, a turn for the better in that second half where a lot of young guys, and there's a lot of young guys that played on that defense last year that really, you know, you got growing pains to go through, especially if you're a rookie or a second year player, you got a lot of that stuff to go through. They just, you know, went off into the right direction at the right time. And it's burned into a Super Bowl championship uh, form. Um, and you know, one big key player on that defense is Chris Jones and Matt brought this up because he's that guy. Um, the car, he's only got one year remaining on his contract. Did I have any idea? No. I asked Matt, do you think there's anything I need to say on the AAC West podcast? He goes, yes. Talk about the Chris Chris Jones contract. I was like, what about it? Uh, so there's one year remaining. Um, and as of seven hours ago, it seems like, um, you know, he's still holding out from the training camp, it looks like. Um, there has not been – it doesn't seem like it's anywhere yeah. close to an extension. So um, – and as Matt said, it could be the second big fish – to go away after Tyreek after this year. Um, So it'll be really interesting the closer we get to the start of the season. Because, I I mean, I I don't know anything about contracts and stuff. That's all Matt's thing. Um, They could finalize that contract at any point, right? Even in the middle of the season. So, I mean, I I don't know how often, like, extensions like this are negotiated mid-season you know when there's other things on your mind like playing football um so i mean it's still completely possible that there's that extension but i mean we're all it's also right now it's looking more likely that this is his last year with us so it's just gonna be interesting yeah to kind of just see how the year goes and then what ends up happening by this time next year. You know, do we have Chris Jones at this point next year and we talk about the AFC West again to preview for 2024 or. Yeah. yeah. Um, the contract thing. Yeah. It's going to be tough because defensive tackles, there's been a lot of good defensive tackles that have gotten paid here in recent months. Um, Jeffrey Simmons did Quinn and Williams from the Jets did. And it was like over an excess of like $80, $90 million. And uh, I can't remember how much guaranteed money there was on those deals, but 
probably a whole lot. Um, so yeah, I, I think he, he's probably going to take a look at those deals and like, I want to be richer than they are now. So if it's, I don't know, I think Quentin Williams' contract was around ninety-one, ninety-two million, or something like that. I can't remember. So he's probably going to be wanting well north of that, and could it get to a hundred million? Maybe, but uh, it's definitely not what you want with your star on defense not being in training camp and getting ready for the season. And you really hope that it doesn't go into the season because that can really start to hurt the team as a, as a whole and uh, can really oh, be yeah. a big difference up front because there's a, there's still a lot of young guys up front on that defense. I mean, you got Karlofidis, who did pretty well as a rookie, had six sacks. Um, Charles Amenahu comes in, and uh, I was surprised I got this name right when me and Matt did our draft pod a few months back, and uh, I think I got the name right, Felix Enudike Uzama. As a sounds right. <laughs> I just haven't heard the name since the draft, so I was like, I don't. It, it's know honestly, point, you know, but... Peter said something great about with the pod. Fifty percent of the time, we're right on something, and it, with with names, oh, I feel sure, that applies yeah. to fifty percent of the time. You're right, but then the other fifty percent, you just butcher. And it's like, what am I doing here? Uh, yeah. But he comes in first round pick. He he's kind of dealing with an off season injury, so you. Get over that because he's going to be needed to play here pretty soon and uh, be off this running mate. And then Chris Jones, I mean, it's without him, who's going to step up in that defensive tackle group? I mean, it's probably going to be hard to see anybody because, I mean, Chris Jones is one of the best defense tackles in the world. So it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like what we saw on offense. If Chris Jones goes down yeah. or something like that, what happens to the rest? What right. happens to uh, the rest? Linebackers, I mean, I think that looks fine. I mean, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay. Nick Bolton, fellow Mizzou guy. Um, he's, uh, he's developed really well since coming up from Mizzou and uh, been a really nice addition up front. The guy can hit hard, and I believe – didn't he have – I thought about when researching this. Didn't he have a huge, like, fumble or interception? I can't remember where. It was, like, somewhere down towards the end of the season. It might have been the playoffs, but I feel like he had a big play. Maybe it was negated. I, I don't I don't know. I feel like I know what you're talking about, but okay. I can't think of the game okay. either. Okay. It rings a bell. Not a loud bell, like a medium okay. size. I, I don't want to sound too crazy. So, um, yeah, Bolton is improved. Drew Tranquil is coming in, and got that can probably play in some coverage spots. Uh, secondary. I mean, that was one of the young spots last year because you got a guy that was first round pick last year in Trip McDuffie. You got Jalen Watson, who I believe also made a couple big time plays late. In that latter part of the season, um, so you got those guys. But Juan Thornhill, he's gone, so you're probably looking at somebody like Brian Cook stepping in and playing alongside Justin Reed. 
Uh, how are you feeling about this defense? Um, I mean, everything that you said, I could pretty much echo. Um, I don't really have anything else to add or um, argue with you about. I think, yeah, just like they did have like a really great, yeah, like second half. Um, kind of just need to keep that going. Yeah, like starting off strong yeah. on defense, I think will be key for this season, considering how we ended last season. We don't want to like have the kind of start that we did last year and be like, oh no, what's going on? Where's our defense? I don't know. We left them in training camp. But we'd rather take them with us as we go. Um, I think, but yeah, the big thing for me is seeing where this Chris Jones thing goes. Because I mean, obviously if he's holding out from training camp, they're working, they're working in without him. So there's obviously like a plan B how does plan B get executed yeah. on the field? Should that happen? And I'd also be really curious to see how, how like how his performance is, should the, you know, um, negotiations continue into the yeah. season, like, and if he ends up playing, but nothing's been like official. I wonder how that affects this performance, yeah. you know? I feel like a lot of times it usually doesn't because they're professionals and even if things aren't going well, they still want to win. They want to still right, win. Yeah. That's what they're there for. But it's always in the back of your mind, like how much like is this impacting your play or how much, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? You hope that they come in in shape and ready to go. And, and like you said, they're, they're professionals. You, you kind of expect them to. And, you know, for some guys, that they may kind of slack off. Maybe it's a few days, but if, who knows? Maybe that few days can make a big difference later on. Like in, instead of like doing the thing you need to do, stay in shape, you maybe did something else. and that's why maybe you're not in playing shape or maybe that's not, you're ready to go. Your conditioning is not up. And, and especially if it's early on the season. Uh-huh. You know, you're up to the best of your abilities and, uh, ready to go and play a lot of snaps, especially if you're Chris Jones, who's going to be playing a lot of snaps on this defense. Got to make sure that you're ready to go and uh, ready to contribute. I mean, we, we know he'll contribute. I mean, the guy's, again, one of the best defensive tackles in the world, but if he if he's conditioned right, then that and he's taking care of himself, that can be a really big part in this defense. get to that part they were at at the start of last season that 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 was wrong and you know that could have yeah, it wasn't and, you know, if, yeah for sure we were right. like this is the end it's like this yeah. is the start of the downfall and then all yeah, of a sudden like, it wasn't well defense is not performing well and Mahomes again can only do so much so this is gonna hurt but 
you know, credit to the defense and credit to the young guys. They got themselves ready to play. They learned and improved, got the reps, and, you know, off they went to the Super Bowl and off they got their Super Bowl rings. So, I guess, I mean, I'm looking at my Chiefs notes. I do I do have a note about Harrison, Harrison Butker about, like, he, he wasn't, he was kind of off a little bit last year. You know, I, I, I remember he was kind of dealing with a little bit of an injury himself, I think. He twisted his ankle on the first <laughs> kickoff of the season. So that was, I know that was actually the first one. I was like, we're done. Butt comes down. We're out. Oh. Goodbye. Goodbye. We're, we'll see you next year. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully at this point, regardless of where he was at last year and how fully healed he was, whatever percentage he was healed by the Super Bowl, hopefully now we are 100%. We are fine. <laughs> we are good to go. Um, I do think a lot – I I think it probably will be in the back of his head. He just has to get through that first right. kickoff yeah. and he's going to be just fine. I mean, it's going to be in the back of my head. That's going to be in the back of a lot of our heads. It's just like, because it, it wasn't just like, okay, it happened in a game, big whoop. It was the first kickoff to start the season. Like we, I think we had won the coin toss and opted to uh, kick and receive at the start of the second half. So it was the first kickoff. He twisted his ankles. He went to kick the ball and then he was down and we were all like, Bye, 2022 season. Oh, we'll man. see you in 2023. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a that's an unfortunate way to start. So once, yeah. So we we survived as yeah. long as we can get through this first kickoff. I think all I think that's going to be in the back of a lot of our minds. Um, for those that like remember that moment, if Chiefs fans like just don't remember, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, we're fine. And they're not even yeah. just going to blow right past. Do I think it's yeah. going to be in the back of his mind? Absolutely. Be like, just make through the first kickoff and we're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, especially if he wasn't fully healed at yeah. the Super Bowl. If he was, then okay, then maybe it's not as big of a deal, but it's yeah. still kind of a deal. But if he wasn't fully healed, it's like, this is going to be the test, you know. I didn't see him do anything at training camp. I, yeah, I saw the punter. Oh, uh, Towns, the one with the really long hair. I don't remember his name. Okay, yeah. probably the only reason I remember his name is because he played uh, in the SEC. That's probably the only reason why. Uh, Matt knew his name. I was like, I can't think of his name, but <laughs> if you say it, I'm going to know it. Uh, that's how I am with a lot of football players now. It's what's happened since I started dating Matt six years ago. I'm like, I can tell you player names. I can so maybe tell mm-hmm. you what team yeah. you're on. Position wise, we're li- position wise in teams. I'm either like really good at the position, can't think of where they yeah. play, or vice versa. Uh, I guess is that anything on the Chiefs? Is that everything? I think so. That I've. I've said everything I needed to say. All right. Good luck. Well, that is the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, Rebecca, thank you again for uh, coming on again. You are going to be hearing her a little bit later on. We talk about Mizzou. So uh, check out that conversation, talking about the SEC later. But uh, Rebecca, thanks for coming on.
Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. It's always fun. But yeah, as we transition on from the Chiefs, let's talk about the Broncos here. And kind of slightly mentioned by uh by Rebecca and I about uh Denver and Russell Wilson, of course. Last year getting traded to Denver was a huge move. We all talked about it, and we're expecting pretty big things, especially with how the trade package for Russ went. And the last year went completely in the opposite direction. I think a direction we all really didn't see coming, if we're being perfectly honest, uh, with how disastrous last year went with Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach. You bring in Russ in. Russ maybe slightly started to look a little bit his age, around 33, 34. You know, we talk about Kelsey being that old and sure, quarterback position. You have guys that play a little bit longer, but for a guy like Russ, um, there might be some question marks. But yeah, the Nathaniel Hackett era, one and done, uh, five and 12 with, uh, with the points per game being around 17. And as an offensive guy, can't do that, especially when you go and make the package you did for Russ. So Nathaniel Hackett is out. And they traded for Sean Payne to come in and be the head coach. Now, even if he's not the same guy that he was in New Orleans, he's a huge upgrade over Hackett regardless. Uh, Payton's got the experience, the credibility to be able to coach a team, and he's got the play-calling ability to help Ross and see if this, if last year was just, you know, a, a season in which, like, something happened, didn't go right, or if that's something that might be trending towards Russ and uh, his capabilities as a quarterback in the NFL. And so you're going to find out this year if that's a, if that's the case, but better off to find out with Sean Payton as your head coach than Nathaniel Hackett in year number two. Uh, one thing that will definitely help is offensive the offensive line Saw a couple of additions through free agency, a couple of big-time additions. Uh, talked about Ben Powers on the AFC North pod leaving the Ravens. He left to go and join the Broncos, join their offensive line, along with Mike McGlinchey, who's coming from San Francisco. So they get a guard there, and they get a right tackle to fill in. And then the rest of the line, uh, pretty interesting. With Garrett Bowles, he, uh, he was out. For a lot of last year, played only just five games. So you hope that he's 100% this year and ready to go. And you got Quinn Miners, who played pretty well in his second year in 2022. And then Lloyd Cushenberry at center, hopes for some improvement out of him. But I think if you're Russ, you had to be encouraged by what they've done, adding to the offensive line, making sure he's protected because of his stature and his ability to make plays in and out the pocket. And also Sean Payton, again, and what type of play calling does he bring to this offense to where they can do a little bit more than they did? I mean, 17 points per game. That's not great. That's not going to cut in today's NFL. So they made some additions there where they mean it to. As far as the receivers that Russ is throwing to, a couple of things have happened here in the last few days. Tim Patrick suffered another training camp injury that's going to cut his season short, not going to get to play at all. 
And then KJ Hamler is no longer on the team after a real of a heart condition that he has. So we wish him nothing but the best and hope that he can get back on the football field if he's able to. This condition is something that they can figure stuff out with it. So we'll have to see. But the Broncos are down two receivers now. They brought in a couple guys in the draft for agency. Marquez Callaway coming from the Saints, familiarity with the Sean Payton system. Drafted Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. I remember Matt really loving Marvin Mims. Uh, so he goes to Denver. You got Jerry Judy there. He's probably the number one guy. He and Russ had a nice thing going, particularly late in last season where they really start to build a rapport. And it was nice to do that because Corlin's son, had, of course, coming off his ACL injury from a couple years ago, uh, as of right now, you know, did not look all that great last year, but maybe two years removed from that injury, he can get back to what he once was, which was a pretty good receiver uh, for this Denver Broncos team. And the tight end room, uh, we got a couple really athletic tight ends, and Greg Dulcich, who was a rookie last year, came in, did some really good things, showcasing some ability and stretching field, getting some yards after the catch. And then you got Albert O, who is a big athletic tight end, but is a little bit inconsistent. Maybe you can find some consistency there. Traded for Adam Troutman, who, like Callaway, has some familiarity with the Saints system and what they are going to be presumably running in uh, in Denver. And then the running back room, I think, is a big question mark because Javante Williams had a great rookie season last year. Towards ACL, then play for the rest of the season. And you have to wonder what's that going to do to a skill position player like him? How's, how quickly will he be able to bounce back? Will it take him some time? And they go out and they sign Samaj P. Ryan in free agency to help out with this room. Because P. Ryan had some pretty good moments in Cincinnati last year with Mixon not being in the lineup some games. So P. Ryan, they bring him in just in case. You know, if Javante isn't fully healthy 100%, then you got P. Ryan coming in there and uh, helping you out. But uh, as far as the offense, I think that is it. Defensive-wise, Vance Joseph, who was the head coach back about 2017-2018, he's now back as the defensive coordinator. And presumably i think that's a pretty good spot for him to be in head coach i don't know but as a defensive coordinator really good one and there are some solid pieces on this denver defense but i think a couple things for this defense injuries were a problem last year and the pass rush was a problem last year and a couple of those things went hand in hand last year particularly randy gregory signed a huge contract and was looking to make good on that big contract, but had an injury riddle the year one in Denver. Looks to bounce back. Baron Browning is on the pup list, so it's not what you want as far as your edge rushes are concerned. And you may be looking a little bit from a jolt from Frank Clark, who had some moments last year where it looked like it could be on the downside. 
but you hope add, adding a veteran like him to this defense and to this locker room can really help out with the pass rush. Maybe Drew Sanders can help. Honestly, I don't know what Drew Sanders is. Can he be a pass rusher? Can he be a stand-up linebacker? Can he be both? I really don't know. And I'm the college guy out of, <laughs> out of this group. So if I don't know, it's kind of like what Rebecca said, like if I don't know, then what uh, are chances anybody else will know? So it's probably not good if I don't know. But maybe he can help out up front in uh, helping this defense's front seven. And they're going to need to. They added some pass rush from the interior and Zach Allen, who has been pretty good in Arizona prior to signing with Arizona. Plus, there's some familiarity there because I believe Vance Joseph was at Arizona uh, prior to this. So there's some familiarity there. Maybe he can get after the quarterback and help slow down the run game along with DJ Jones, Mike Purcell, and Jonathan Harris. Linebackers got two pretty good solid ones in Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton. They kind of help the middle of that defense. Real strength is probably the secondary, though, because you got a couple really good defensive backs and Pat Sertan Jr. and Justin Simmons leading that group. Key is, is finding another guy across from Sertan that can really make plays. Maybe it's somebody like Riley Moss, who was a third-round pick from Iowa in the draft, or maybe – Damari Mathis, who had some struggles last year, improves. You got Kawan Williams in the slot. And as far as Simmons' running mate, Caden Stearns, showed some promise last year as a, as a 22-year-old, but had a season-ending injury and uh, couldn't continue last season. But maybe he can continue that trend and go up towards that trajectory to where he can be a really good running mate for Justin Simmons. But, I mean, the key for this Broncos team is going to be centered around Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And what can they do in this first year of their partnership? Now, moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to Vegas, everyone, and talking about this Raiders team where there's an addition made at quarterback to this team. You know, there's a addition made at head coach with this Denver team. And then you got an addition at quarterback to this team, couple big time positions being changed. So let's talk about this Raiders team as a, of course, big headline, couple big headlines. The Derek Carr era is officially over after being there since 2014. He is now gone and in comes Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, it's going to be a little bit of a different situation for Jimmy G. McDaniel's system is a little bit different from Shanahan's. And also, the offensive line isn't, at, well, you can say this, isn't as good as it was in San Francisco. And potentially the play calling was able to negate any shortcomings of the offensive line. So you're, if you're Jimmy G, you're going to have to hope for some of those things to come true where McDaniel's has a really good offensive run and, Offensive line can really step up and improve. Well, if not, it might be a long year. This offseason, he's had a surgically repaired foot that's kind of overshadowed everything. And there's a possibility. I mean, there's 
I think in his contract, like, hey, they could cut him if they wanted to. But uh, he's still on the team. It looks like he should be ready for training camp. I haven't seen anything else as far as him being and not participating in training camp. But you hope that he's ready to go for the season. You got Brian Hoyer as a backup, and then you got a fourth rounder in Aiden O'Connell. It's probably going to back him up. So you don't want any of those options to happen if you're the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. So you, you really want Jimmy G, that foot, to be right and for him to be ready to go. Uh, again, as far as the offensive line, the rest of it is pretty mad besides Colton Miller at left tackle. Jermaine Ellen Moore, I know I butcher that, is at right tackle. Uh, it's just so-so. You had a third-rounder and Dylan Parham from Memphis, shout-out, um, that came in last year as a rookie and played a lot of snaps on that offensive line. Maybe he can improve some in his second year. You got Alex Bars at guard, and you got Andre James as well. I mean, there's, I know they probably wanted to dress offensive line more than they did this offseason. It does seem like it, it's, it sounds about right that they wanted to go after some of these offensive linemen in the draft at their draft slot, but Paris Johnson was taking a pick ahead of them, so can't do anything about it. But this offensive line, I mean, it, if it's healthy and blocked, maybe Jimmy G can make something of it, whoever's back there, and has – yeah, he's got some guys to throw to. Of course, Devontae Adams, world-class receiver. And with the other receivers, they signed Jacoby Myers to this roster along with Hunter Renfro. And Myers can kind of play in the slot or play outside, so they can use him in different ways along with Devontae and Hunter Renfro, who's coming back as well. So it's pretty good receiving core. It's just like how is Devontae Adams going to be deployed in McDaniel's offense? As he has noted a couple times, and like his pleasure with the offense. So let's see if anything comes from that. Um, but other than that, as far as the receivers go, you traded Darren Waller. He's now gone to the Giants. No more Foster Moreau either. So yeah, you lose two tight ends there. You got to find some guys to replace them. And that's what they did this year. They went out and signed Austin Hooper, who had a lackluster year with the Titans last year. And then they drafted the guy who I wanted the Titans to draft at the at the top of the draft in the second round, and Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. So they get a couple Titans there. For Mayer, I think it's all about like again as a rookie, as he translate to the next level how quickly can he get acclimated and you know make plays on this offense and learn mcdaniel's system and austin hooper we've seen hooper have a couple good seasons maybe he can get back to that in this offense and then i think the other big thing with this team right now besides their car era being over is josh jacobs not reporting to camp at least We'll have to see by the time this pod goes up or if uh, if he's signed or not. But as of this recording, not report to camp at all. In fact, is not playing to. And he's not there. So you could see some snaps for Zamir White, Amir Dula, and Brandon Bolden. 
It does sound like the Raiders are open to restarting talks with Josh Jacobs to get him into camp. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, those are two of the big storylines, and that's on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive-wise, this front line is key, and they were hoping Chandler Jones and Max Crosby were going to be a dynamic duo as far as getting after the quarterback. Chandler Jones disappointed last year, big time. As a 32-year-old, now turning 33, just had a, a season that I think Raiders fans did not expect him to have last season. I mean, we know what Max Crosby was going to bring to the table, but he needs a running mate. And if Chandler Jones isn't it, it could be number seven overall pick, Tyree Wilson. Tyree missed some time rehabbing his foot injury that he got at the end of his last season in college. Is expected to be ready for camp. See if that goes well. And again, with these rookies, it's just like how quickly can they come in and contribute, particularly as a number seven pick, because as a top 10 pick, you're probably expected to come in and contribute pretty early. Uh, especially if the Raiders have a need, a need at pass rush, if Chandler Jones isn't going to get back to his usual form, that defense is going to need another pass rusher besides Max Crosby because if, so, if not, the teams are just going to be doubling Max Crosby all game long. He can't do his thing, and then you got other guys on this defensive line that can't get after the quarterback. So you wonder how soon he's thrown into the fire. Probably depends on how well – he is as far as his foot injury is concerned is he 100 percent and uh all that stuff and another part i mean he needs to contribute pretty early or he might need to is because the secondary is not really good and just kind of looking at it you got david long jr and duke shelley probably your two starters and they have not been full-time starters before and they are probably just average at best. Then you got Nate Hobbs, who is a solid in the slot. And then you got guys like Brandon Facey's son and Amy Robertson. And then a guy who can maybe contribute as a fourth rounder in Jacorian Bennett. But other than that, the corner room is really lacking. The, the safety room, kind of the same thing. You got Trayvon Morick who's now in his third year from TCU, shows a lot of potential at safety. In fact, it's probably of the people in the secondary has the most potential, but disappointed in uh, his second season. Maybe he can bounce back to good form in his third year. As far as other guys in that secondary, you got Marcus Epps coming over from the Eagles, but he's just okay. So this secondary is going to need a lot of help. And so, if Tyree Wilson can come on really early and contribute or, or, and if Chandler Jones can find his footing again, then you have a solid pass rush that can help a secondary. And we talked about this a couple times before on these previews, whether it's college or pros, got a good pass rush that can really help out a poor secondary and make life easier on them. As far as linebackers, nothing really too exciting. To talk about here, Robert Spillane coming in from the Steelers, just kind of a two-down linebacker. Need guys that can play all three downs. Um, not good in coverage. Divine Diablo, 
is get feels like he's kind of like a hybrid type of guy. So the middle of the field might be lacking for this Raiders defense. I mean, the edge is probably and the edges are probably the big part of this defense. Well, I think a lot of it again is if Tyree Wilson can contribute early and if Chandler Jones can find his footing again. If not, this defense might be in for a long season. And then finally, the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert, who is a rich man now with his new extension and uh, probably won't be the highest paid quarterback in league history for long. Probably Joe Burrow will take that title here soon enough. And so with Burrow now being paid up and cashing in on a huge new deal, it's time for him, Brandon Saley, and the Chargers team to cash in on trying to get good in this division in which you got the defending Super Bowl champs and you're in a conference that, talked about it, is really tough. <laughs> the AFC is, I mean, it's a murderer's row looking at it. Uh, it probably and will be this season. So you need to be able to find a way to cash in this year. Kellen Moore is coming in as the new offensive coordinator from Dallas. And I think you have to be excited with what he did with Dallas's offense and what he can bring to this offense for Justin Herbert, in which you don't really get to see Herbert's arm being on display. So maybe in this offense in which you got a lot more concepts of where you, you throw the ball more downfield, maybe they can really start to take advantage of just how big and strong Herbert's right arm is and make plays downfield but of course you got to have weapons and you got to have weapons that stay healthy and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams had a tough time of that last year and which saw Josh Palmer and the guy who's now left in DeAndre Carter play a lot of snaps for them last year and so what's a good insurance policy take Quinn Johnson in the first round uh, Johnson athletic freak from TCU showed what he can do uh, in a lot of games this past season had a rough spot against Georgia, but again, that whole TCU team had a rough spot against Georgia in the title game. Uh, but you hope that he's able to come in and, and beat Josh Palmer for wide receiver number three on that chart. And if he can contribute really early on, you know, can he use this? Can he use his athletic profile to go and make plays? Because if somebody like Keenan Allen or Mike Williams goes down, you know who's going to step up? It's going to be Quinn Johnson. He's going to be getting a lot of snaps. And so, how quickly can he adjust and get acclimated to being a receiver in the pro level? But that's three pretty big, good wide receivers that are on this offense, and uh. You know, whenever the time comes, I imagine, you know, I don't know how long Keenan Allen has left to play. It feels like he's been around forever. Um, I might be overstating how old, his age. I don't know if he's that old. In fact, you know, let me go and take a look at that. So <laughs> I don't make fun of the man's age, but having somebody like Quinn Johnson, if he's able to pick it up pretty early, okay, Keenan Allen's 31, but. Still, you, you hope that he's able to pick it up pretty early and is able to contribute uh, soon in his rookie season. Tight end, you got Gerald Everett, who caught 58 passes last year. 
And honestly, the story about this team in general was, including Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, this team was banged up a lot last year. Had a lot of big-time guys that were hurt. Uh, Offensive line saw a couple of those guys go down, including Rashawn Slater, who was an excellent left tackle, who started only three games last year and had Jamari Salier coming in as a rookie from Georgia, filling at left tackle. He played a little bit of that at Georgia, but they probably drafted him to be a guard. And with Slater back, that's what Salier is going to kick back inside to, going to play guard, joining 2022 first-rounder Zion Johnson, who is looking to be more consistent, be a better guard this year as he heads into a second year. You got Corey Lindsley, who also missed some time last year, but is a mainstay at the center position and is really good himself. So if everyone is healthy, if you have that going for him, Trey Pipkins probably is the only liability there. He probably is because Salyer, I imagine, better fit a guard. Zion Johnson, there's a reason he was taking the first round. Slater. Awesome left tackle early on in his career. And Corey Lindsley, again, really good, consistent center. So Pipkins figures probably be the only guy on that line that is going to be a liability. And then probably the other story, and we'll get more into the injuries on the defense side of the ball, but uh, Austin Eckler in his situation, I uh, don't know what was going to happen with him. There were a lot of trade rumors going around. But he's still on this team, didn't get the new deal he wanted, but he did get a revised deal, and it's got some incentive-driven pay bumps to it. But he's back, rushed for 917 yards last year, but really made his game in the passing game with catching over 107 passes for 722 yards, scored 18 touchdowns last year. For a PPR fantasy guy, that's pretty good. Kind of makes me wish I had him. Um, but had a really good year last year, but probably need to find him a running mate if there's all this talk about maybe trading him and his contract and all this stuff. Probably need to find somebody back there in that running back room. Is it Joshua Kelly? I mean, last year, not that great. 287 yards on 69 carries. Then you have Isaiah Spiller, who is coming into the second year. Didn't get much playing time as a rookie. Wasn't that effective. So you're going to have to find somebody back there. And then on the defense, you got a couple guys that are that got hurt on this side too, particularly Joey Bosa, who got hurt in week number three. Really affected this pass rush. In fact, they had the 11th worst pressure rate in the entire league. And he didn't get to play until the end of the season. And even still, he did not look all the way right. So he, Hopefully you're getting him back 100% healthy and getting him to team up with Khalil Mack again, who also getting up there a little bit in age and see if they should be able to get pressure on the quarterback and get that pressure rate up to a better position in as far as the league is concerned. They did draft Tui, Tui Pulotu in the second round if somebody should go down. But... That's the edges as far as other positions online, defensive tackle. I mean, stopping the run. I feel like we've talked about this in the last several previews when we've done the Chargers. Stopping the run has been an issue. 
it remained an issue last year, and it might remain an issue this year. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, not a, a signing that panned out well for them last year, and you hope that he can bounce back this year. Austin Johnson is a solid guy up there, but is not a one-man wrecking crew. And so you just hope that they're somehow able to stop the run this year. I'm trying to figure that out. One thing that could help that is signing veteran linebacker Eric Kendricks. Now, granted, isn't the same guy he was before. He's getting a little bit up there too and fell off a little bit for the Vikings last year, but is a good player run support, was good in that last year. And if the Chargers can get somebody that's at least good in that, I mean, that's already a win. And so maybe he can help stop the run there. You got a, another linebacker who needs to improve a little bit, and Kenneth, and Kenneth Murray, who's a former first-rounder, who still still needs to get better. And then injuries got to the secondary as well, mainly J.C. Jackson going down in week seven uh, for the rest of the season. He was just okay uh, early on before he got hurt. And Asante Samuel Jr. played pretty well in his rookie season. And Michael Davis is probably going to play a factor into this corner rotation as well. But who do you have after that? Who who can who else can't contribute if something happens, if one of those guys go down? And then as far as safeties are concerned, you know what you're going to get out of Derwin James. You know the kind of star player that he is back there. But who's going to be his running mate? Nasir Adderley. Suddenly retired, so now there's a hole there. Is it going to be Aloe Gilman, who only has five starts, or is it going to be a guy in JT Woods who's a 2022 third-rounder, didn't get a lot of snaps? Is he going to be thrust into the role right away? You have to wonder, and you also have to wonder with Brandon Staley's defense that you probably moved Darwin James around a lot, so you might have three safeties on the field, and can those guys come in and contribute right away? I think as far as the AFC West, that is everything. So that'll wrap us up for the AFC West. Uh, again, thanks to Rebecca for joining us earlier on to talk about the Chiefs. And uh, you'll hear her again later on with Mizzou as we talk about the SEC later this week. Really excited to dive into that conference on. Thursday or Friday or whenever we tape and post the pod. But uh, really looking forward to talking about uh, that conference. Uh, again, it's filled with a lot of teams I'd love to hate. And that's what years of being a Tennessee fan will do to you. But uh, that's going to be uh, this week with the abuse pod. So looking forward to doing that. And as far as the rest of the schedule that we have going on, uh, of course, if there's any news on college expansion, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on and we'll have to see how much of a change we make to the uh, to the Big 12 pod, which, you know, isn't out now as I'm taping this, but we'll be out uh, this will be out this previous Friday. So we'll have to see if anything changes with that. But if something does, we'll talk about it as far as the rest of the previews go. Next week, we will have the NFC West. So we'll go over and talk about that division. And we will talk about the Pac-12 or what's left in the Pac-12 if anything changes by then um, as far as the uh, schedule goes. So that's going to be next week and kind of run down uh, the rest of the schedule. 
in a couple weeks, we'll talk about the AFC East and we'll talk about the group of five. And then the week of August 27th, NFC East, that'll wrap us up for divisional previews for the NFL. And also that week, we'll make our college predictions. Then the following week, week of September 3rd, we'll do our NFL predictions and predict what's going to happen in the National Football League. So still got a ways away, but uh, we are ramping on up with these previews and getting down to it in both college and pro. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed them. I've enjoyed doing them. And so uh, hopefully I haven't said anything too negative about anybody's favorite team on here, but uh, it's uh, been a blast and we got a few more to go. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in again. Appreciate you guys making us a part of your day as always. If you haven't yet, be sure to go check out this podcast and the entertainment from the 573 Podcast, wherever you guys get your pods. Go leave us a rating, review, all that good stuff. Turn on notifications so you'll know when one of these previews drops in the upcoming weeks. As far as video content, that's your preference. We got we got you covered there. We got a few YouTube videos up with Big Ten, with the AFC North. So if you want to see those <laughs> clips or if you want to see something from the entertainment side, you can go check that out on the YouTube channel, 573 Podcasts. All the YouTube stuff, like, share, subscribe, with, and, and share with your friends. Be sure to leave a like and be sure to turn on post notifications for that as well. So when we drop a new video up on the channel, you all will know. Uh, I think that's all the house cleaning I have left to wrap us up here. But again, thank you all for tuning in. Next week, again, we'll go to the NFC West and we will go to the Pac-12. And later on this week, we'll talk about the SEC. But until then... Have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk to you all next time.